You already brought up Lloyd Weaver. Is there anything else, um, uh, you know, briefly that that anyone wants to mention about Lloyd or or his contributions? Um, I I think that um, his invention of the air mover was probably the, you know, I, I think the most significant, uh, by far the most significant, um, you know, invention. It was a brilliant idea. It was simple and. Unfortunately, there may be some of you that miss the importance or the significance of what is going on here. So this is the DOJO podcast. I'm a, I guess I'm now a geriatric millennial. Oh, yeah. Depending on where the time shift is, I'm a millennial, whatever the hell that means. But if you're watching this and you're struggling to deal with millennials, understand millennials, and the upcoming generations, uh, good friends of ours at the Insurance Nerds. A nerd alert! Tony Canis and um, Carly Burnham wrote a great book, Insuring Tomorrow. Um, it taught me a lot, but anyways, sidetrack, squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. But what is going on here is we have some of the uh, historic pieces from Restoration as it unfolded, I think most of you will be aware, you know, a lot of water damage came out of carpet cleaners saying, okay, we have not just wet carpets, but wet walls, you know. Shh, just stop. I think we have a picture here of history in motion. Carpet's wet. So are the walls. Good point. What are you gonna do? Let's turn this mover around. That was beautiful. Some of my favorite podcasts, they say, while we don't have access to the actual dialogue from history, based on our research, this is our best attempt to record and convey the historical dialogue. You're welcome. Now you are so dumb. Um, and we talk about that a bit in this session, which is about Lloyd Weaver, the inventor of the Porta Dryer, from North Dakota of all places. Wow. Uh, newsflash, again, uh, the, the host of this podcast is mediocre at best and, and uh, dumb. Uh, you are really dumb. Uh, just, there's really no other way to say it. For real. So he's going to read this article which references where Lloyd Weaver is actually from, and that says Rapid City, South Dakota. <laughs> Idiot! Reference material for this comes from uh, Pete Consigli, the restoration watchdog, now the OG intentional restorer, so dubbed, March of 2017. It's volume 44, number three of Cleaning and Restoration, uh, when Restoration Industry Association had a monthly um, printed publication. The article was called the... the, the theme of the magazine was the founding fathers of restoration which is a lot of times what the article is called but uh, the article is actually titled the four faces on mount rust on mount restoration going off of mount rushmore so taking the best of the past uh to build for the future pete wrote that article i referenced it um in our uh a history of um advocacy a future of collaboration or a uh, history i uh, Whatever. I mean, no one reads my stuff anyways. My stuff. <laughs> my stuff. But um, so Pete, brilliant writer. Pete has 
If you think your name's on the list, uh, nope. Uh, Marty King, which we will be talking about. You can, if you're just Jones in, you can go back and watch uh, episode 60 of the Dojo podcast uh, for what we talk about Martin King. Um, you know, most of you might be familiar with the RAA, the C, the Certified Restorer, the CR Restorer designation. Um, that was started by Marty King. Um, so he's number one. Who the hell put Marty King before me? Claude or Lloyd Weaver is number two. That is the topic of our discussion in this particular snip, this clip from the JoJo podcast uh, 60. Don't worry. With all your contributions, you're sure to be number three, right? They're about to say your name. Cliff Zotnick, whom you just heard, the Z-Man. You can also hear him. Please listen. I mean, this is like... Junior high at best uh, when it comes to diving into the depth of issues around our industry. IAQ Radio is like a collegiate course. They do a great job of bringing people that uh, know their stuff, their stuff. If you catch my drift. Give me 10, Norton. Everyone can eat shit. A big bag of <laughs> That's every Friday, IAQ Radio. Cliff the Z-Man is uh, whom you just heard. He's also on there. All of you listening in podcast land that have made such big contributions. Here, they're surely going to read your name now. Pete will read your name. You're number four, right? You're number four on the Mount Restoration. Surely it's you. And uh, closer to the end of the clip, we'll do a recap. I believe it was episode 47. Uh, Clyde Blackburn. Oh! Damn you, Roger! Um, uh, founder of Dry Ease. So, and, and Claude shares a funny story about his interactions with uh, Lloyd Weaver. So, talking about Lloyd Weaver, Pete says in the uh, Founding Fathers article, A flood in his hometown of Rapid City, South Dakota, brought Lloyd into the on-location drying and port-a-dryer business in the first place. While doing pro bono work for the community, he recognized the need to streamline the process of restoring floor coverings and drying structural materials for homeowners who were on a limited budget. Lloyd was a pre-IICRC, WRT, or ASD instructor who did not have any competition because he was the original. Students came to hear what Lloyd had to say and sell, and he had one particular student, founding father number four, uh, Claude Blackburn, uh, who took his ideas not just to the next level, but to the next stratosphere. His influence and vision are what placed Lloyd Weaver as the second face on Mount Restoration. So I encourage you to read that article. Um, encourage you to, uh, Pete's a regular guest. Uh, he's the watchdog, so he comes on, much like he did for this episode, um, to kind of make sure that our facts are correct. Uh, it, it's, it's funny, man, because if you start digging into history, a lot of people... If, if the people you're talking to aren't saying, have you talked to Pete Consigli, um, you might be talking to the wrong people. <laughs> Again, the Diojo podcast, this is our goal is to help you shorten your dang learning curve. It's your learning curve. You need to learn it. You know, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, it's it's very good if you can learn from others and shorten your learning curve. You know, run into less brick walls. Um, you know, uh, democratize the information as it were. But um, you know, 
at the end of the day, you have to take the information you're receiving and the sources you're receiving it from and test that against what you know and decide whether that's right or not. And so this is a, a, a fun little uh, drift back in time. To You and I have witnessed many things, but nothing as bodacious as what just happened. To talk about um, a historical figure that unfortunately is no longer with us, but... Um, the the guests on our podcast had direct interaction with him and some fun stories to share so the dojo podcast helping you shorten your dang learning curve for personal and professional development the podcast for the skilled trades you know what's even crazier john is that you know this idea to put it underneath the carpet and and, and yeah. float the carpet and, you know, the amazing thing is, you know, I went to a school, it was a one-day school, he told me how to do it, uh, he told me, you know, it would take one or two air movers in a room and one of these 32 pint dehumidifiers or whatever, and, you know, it would take two, three days to dry, four days, whatever, and I had a little uh, moisture sensor with a beeper on it, and I would kind of know when it was dry. But the amazing thing, and, and I didn't realize this, between 1975 in 2001, huh. what happens to that air? And it all goes back to the smoke that I told you about before, when the air mover picks up the smoke. And in that article uh, that we published, uh, there are photographs of what happens. And the amazing thing is one air mover in the right place will do what 10 movers in the wrong place won't huh. do, okay? and you know, the amazing thing, the thing that irritates me the most is when I've shown this to people, you know, they, they nod and say, oh, isn't that interesting or, or whatever. They don't really change and they don't really get it. But the amazing thing is once you have the ability to see where the air moves, because the yeah. air is invisible, you're blowing all this air around. But once you can see where it moves, it gives a whole new idea, yeah. I think, of drawing. And, you know, it's it's pretty amazing to a seminar from Lloyd Weaver, saw his portage dryer. I think it was when Lloyd came out to the Northwest, right? Um, he's yeah, definitely somebody that pops up in history. Do you remember much about the seminar and Lloyd's process? Yeah, and yeah not, ver not very much. I mean, Lloyd, I could relate to Lloyd because he's blue collar. Yeah. He was just your average Joe. He was rough, rough around the edges. He was rough all the way through. <laughs> and uh, he charged... And I was, I had gone to, I've been going to a lot of seminars because I didn't have much education. I'd sign up for these $59. At that time, there was a dozen companies where you could go to these one day seminars on every subject you could imagine. So I, I took those all in, you know, 59 yeah. bucks. So I'm going, you know, and, and so I took all those seminars and well, Lloyd was charging 250. Wow. Back, at, back in 1975 or something, four yeah. or five in that, in that range. And I went to a seminar. It was it was a it basically just stood up there and talked to everybody. Hmm. And he made jokes. You know, he was a down to earth kind of guy. And I bought a couple of air movers from him and a, a sensor. I think he had a sensor at that time. And and, okay. and I started I started doing water damage restoration. And so it, now the carpet cleaning business adapts into uh, water damage. Did uh, did John or Ken? Did either of you have interactions with Lloyd? Um, not me. I, I knew who he was. Um, the name Lloyd Weaver was, you know, synonymous with 
the drying industry as it emerged in the early 70s. As it relates to Lloyd is, it's, it's kind of a, it, it, I would describe it as a, it's a shame co comment because Lloyd is as, as innovative as he was and as, as creative as he was, um, really never in any significant way capitalized on his ingenuity. Huh. Uh, he wasn't such a great business person. Um, and, uh, and honestly, um, and we'll talk about him a little later, uh, uh, Claude Blackburn took a lot of, uh, of uh, Lloyd's ideas and created an incredibly successful business. Yeah. So, as I said, there's a, a, a little bit of that. I uh, Lloyd passed away, what was it, maybe five years ago, something like that. Maybe it was longer. But I had a conversation with his son, Lance, at around that time. And, you know, uh, Lance was a little bit at, like his dad, but involved in, uh, they're, uh, they're very big on what they call dust down. Mm -hmm. uh, but it has not had the same impact on the industry as Lloyd's original um, uh, ideas uh, and, and which were based on, as I understand it, a huge flood. He was out of uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. And they had a huge flood and basically he just he outthought the damage and, and yeah. figured out ways to make it work. Big event. I remember we hired Jeff Bishop to come in and, uh, and, and, and talk. And I remember my booth was next to Lloyd Weaver. And, okay. uh, and, uh, you know, what would happen is, you know, people would walk down this hallway and, you know, the aisles of, of the exhibit hall and Lloyd's booth was next to me and he had this little carpet dryer uh, on the floor. He had three different sizes. He had a small one that was like used for drying closets. He had a medium one and, uh, you know, he had a big one, but he had a small one on the floor. And in my booth, I had this little electric thermal fogger. And, you know, people would come down in order to attract attention. You know, I'd, I'd push the button and it would, you know, pump out the smoke. And after doing it a couple of times, Lloyd and I became fascinated by watching the, the, the air mover draw in the smoke through the intake and then distribute you know, it. To distribute it out. And it was, you know, we got to talking and, you know, when we left, he had my equipment and I had his equipment. We did a trade where I bought his and he bought mine. And, you know, we, whatever financial differences was, you know, made up, uh, you know, financially. And that was the first time we ever met. And that's how, uh, you know, we formed a long time relationship together. That's you know wild. what I remember? All right. Let's uh, commercial break. Here we go. David Princeton. I'm calling David Princeton, Advocate Claim Service, ACS for short. Advocate Claim Service. Now, regarding Lloyd, I knew Lloyd pretty well. Not as good as Cliff, but I knew him, I knew him well. And uh, I don't totally agree with Mr. Downey's assessment. I granted, and I wrote this in the Founders article, Claude took the idea and he, he, he made, turned it into the, the global industry. But shortly after that little dispute, and actually Cliff intervened, but Claude, either Claude told me, and I don't know if he said this on the show, Lloyd was so mad they were, apparently they were on a roof when they had this discussion. And, and he had to intervene because I think, well, I, I, you know, from the top of the roof to the bottom of the parking lot, it's not a good place to be. 
So anyway, thank you for that, uh, Cliff. And on behalf of the Blackburn family, I'll thank you for that. But what 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 Lloyd did after that is very innovative thing when he started with the dust downs. The whole dust down process was really the beginning of what a lot of early mold remediators did in the 90s in order to get clearance, right? But he did this really, that was the beginning of the indoor air quality industry in the 90s, which was another rabble-rousing industry. He never really gets the credit in the early days of IOQ that Lloyd contributed to that, but he contributed a lot, okay? And his son, Lance, he had several sons, but his son, Lance, was a professional engineer, and they opened up a the whole robotics industry. He, they operate in 52 countries, and he has patents all over the place, and all those little robots that go into the ductwork and to do all that stuff, and that's all really, really important. Part of that. I mean, I could tell you a few stories about Lloyd because because once I got into the business, he was very aggressive. I mean, one time he was going to beat me up. And, well, you eventually uh, became his competition, basically, right? Yeah, no, I mean, a few years later. But really, I bought a couple of pieces of equipment, went to a seminar, and I never had any dealings with Lloyd after that. I mean, I just he, he yeah. wasn't like a mentor or a person I talked with or... I mean, I would see him at the trade shows because I was attending the Carpet Cleaners in Subaru Northwest at that yeah. time. You know, I'd see him around, and uh, but I never was really, he wasn't my buddy or anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, you guys ever put the boxing gloves on and do that uh, at an industry what? show? <laughs> yeah, well, well, in Vancouver, Washington, we had a Carpet Cleaners Institute meeting up there. And in those days, those were pretty serious. I mean, we yeah. might have, you know, 100 150 companies wow. come to something like that. We'd have big exhibits. For me as a greenhorn, it was a huge thing, you know. And yeah, but I had brought out my first air mover. So that was uh and he came over to me. He was so pissed. So he had it, he had a bit of a temper. <laughs> he was so pissed. He says, You copied my color. And I'm going, Copied your color? What? You got it. and he grabs me by the sort of shaking me. <laughs> like oh, wow. I'm kind of a nonviolent person. <laughs> and it was a good thing he did because. It made me mad is what it did. It made me embarrassed. It was in front of everybody, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, I didn't copy his color intention. I just went, they only had eight colors of Imron paint. And I was using a super quality two-part paint back in those days. It was the most expensive paint that money could buy. Oh, <laughs> my metal, I was making metal dryers. Yep, yep. And so they only had eight colors. They had a, they had a light blue and a dark blue. <laughs> yeah. I picked one of them. But anyway, uh he made me mad enough and I was young enough. That was a mistake on his part because I was going to get even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going yeah. to show him what's what. And, and of course, I would have never been able to show him what's what with a metal air mover. I made 10 units the first year. And I, I'd been selling easy blocks since the set, late 70s yep. out of my garage. And then you say, well, what else can I do? I mean, somebody's going to not. I got to have something else. And I wrote the carpet cleaner's guide to water damage restoration, which I actually have a revised version, but this is the first book. I hope there's a few of you that are as excited as I am about, you know, what we've been able to um, unearth. So we, we started, this was a conversation, Diojo podcast episode 60 was about history and people. It was a panel discussion. Um, history, people, and the parallel lines with the development of the standards. And so we, <laughs> we tried to get through a marathon two-hour episode. Um, it's over, Jenny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off!
Um, thanks to Cliff Zlotnick, uh, Ken Larson, John Downey, and Pete Consigli um, with a guest snippet from um, Ed Cross 2. You know, he's talking about as it relates to the standards, what not to have in your contracts. Comply with the standard of care, but do not write into your contract that you're going to perform the work according to IICRC standards. Don't put that in your contracts. It's not going to help you sell any jobs. It's going to marry you to these thick documents. They're hundreds of pages long. And all the plaintiff's attorney has to do is point to one sentence in there that you didn't strictly comply with. And they'll be able to shout about, you know, breach of contract in addition to the negligence claim. You don't need that kind of headache. Do not have the IICRC initials in your contract. As you should be aware, he was, um, he has been for many years the restoration lawyer, now the restoration advocate as part of the Restoration Industry Association, RIA, AGA committee, the Advocacy and Government Affairs Committee, um, which they're rolling out in addition to the uh, position papers and all those things that they've rolled out for members and the conversations they've been having. They're now doing the AGA Academy to help train on how to use those um, which some people have brought up. So that's been, you know, um, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and sometimes it's so behind the scenes that we don't always hear about it until it's developed and... I kept the secret so good. You didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't freaking know, but I knew. He knew. Yes, we did it. You did it. So I, I think they certainly could do a, a much better job of um, communicating as the things develop and those kinds of things. But uh, but definitely resources worth checking out um, available to members. So make your own decision on that. Um, hoping to see some of y'all down in Florida for the RAA convention. This will be my first in many, many years. Again, dig into history, reach out, connect, collaborate, conquer. Hopefully this is a vehicle to help you do that um, in, in snippets, in snippets, snip, snippets. So listen to the whole podcast, listen to none of the podcasts, read the books, don't read the books, do whatever the heck you want. See you next time. The Diojo Podcast, helping you shorten your dang learning curve for personal and professional development. Check it out, thediojo.com, D-Y-O. J-O.com. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. To help train on how to use those. Um, this guy ever shut up. Shut up, dude. No one cares. So no one cares, bro.